amongst the fraternity of priests in our diocese. I know two priest friends who have served in the vineyard of the Lord for well over six decades, respectively. One is in his 80s and the other in his 90s. They are good and holy men who have served the church. What I find interesting is despite their relative good health, they both look forward to death. Not in any sort of dark, depressing way. No, one enthusiastically says after so many years of encountering Jesus in the Eucharist and in the other sacraments and in the Word of God that he wants, by God's mercy, to meet Jesus face to face. I can't wait, he says. I'm so curious. The other, well into his 90s, takes deep sighs and says, I don't know why I'm still here. I'd rather be with Jesus, but God's will be done. What is most impressive about their attitudes is there is nothing remote about their relationship and their faith in Jesus. That as they understand Jesus as the great God-man that desires to be in relationship with each and every person in this church, in this life, and in the next. Sometimes, I must admit, I really don't know what to say when they make these kind of sub, uh, uh, statements, like they want to go to heaven. For thinking about our mortality is, well, uncomfortable in our world today. Most of us cringe when we talk about our own deaths. My brother asks me from time to time when we go to lunch or dinner where I'd like to be buried. I don't know, I tell him impatiently. Can I just eat my dessert? That's code for, I don't want to talk about my death over desserts. I find it interesting that Jesus wasn't always comfortable talking about his death either. He says in our gospel today, I am troubled now. Yet what should I say? Father, save me from this hour? Jesus answers his own question with the courageous statement, but it was for this purpose that I came to this hour, to glorify your name. And in this statement, Jesus is giving us insight about how we are supposed to approach our own mortality. He says, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains just a grain of wheat. But if it dies, it produces much fruit. That's a great way to look at the resurrection and our hope for eternal life with the Lord, most especially as we continue in this Lenten season. That is, if we are truly men and women of faith, we should see funerals, most especially graveside services as gardening. It's gardening. For when we bury a loved one, we're planting seeds for everlasting life. But oh, how our culture is uncomfortable with the topic of mortality and death, that we will cease to be youthful and one day die. Now we prefer to cater to youthfulness, most especially in marketing. It is the youth that matter. We would rather think of, about something else, anything else, than death. But Jesus admonishes us, whoever loves his life loses it. Whoever hates his life in this world will preserve it for eternal life. What does Jesus mean here? I think Jesus is warning us not to define life by how comfortable we can be. Because if we're comfortable all the time, it hinders 
our relationship with our benevolent Father who gives us everything. We don't feel the need for God. Although it's hard to take, the greatest moments of spiritual growth happen in times when we're not comfortable, during times of suffering and trial, which is why we have to endure them. That's why God gives them to us. Good times have the ability to sedate us from digging deep and truly learning about ourselves and about God and his gospel. And it can be hard for God to save us when in our comfort we think we don't need saving. So being comfortable all the time really is a problem. And Lent is meant to be a remedy for that problem. And we began Lent with ashes on our foreheads, remembering that we are dust, and to dust we shall return. These words are meant to make us feel a little bit uncomfortable, a reminder of our mortality. We all know that being born carries the guarantee that one day we will die. But from a faith point of view, this recognition isn't morbid. Quite the contrary, remembering our mortality sharpens us. The shadow of our impending death invites us to live our lives to the full and avoid wasting the precious time that we have on being comfortable alone. Rather, we must focus on the things that really matter in life. And that's what Lent is supposed to remind us of. For it reminds us every year that there is nothing more important than loving God and the people around us with the precious time that we have. The fact that our days are numbers numbered should encourage us to love God and people intensely in a way that we would not otherwise. And this opportunity prepares us for eternal life with God, with because God is love. This is why ministry to the dying and their families can be so rewarding as a priest. People say, that must be terrible. No, actually, it's great. When I meet people who are dying and the families who are grieving their loss, they're like the people of our gospel today approaching Jesus and saying, sir, we would like to see Jesus. It reminds me that as a priest, I'm like Philip. People don't want to see me. They want to see Jesus. It's why I visit hospital bedsides and funeral homes, sharing the sacraments and the prayers of the church to lead people to Jesus. In exchange, I get to witness a family's encounter with Jesus and also the capacity that people have to love each other and grow by the grace of the Holy Spirit. And during these difficult moments, we are awakened to the basic reason that we are on this earth in the first place, that we are here to love and love intensely and to prepare ourselves to meet God, who is love. And so for the week of Lent leading up to Palm Sunday, I think it's helpful for all of us to begin meditating on how Jesus the incarnate Son of God became the grain of wheat and died for us and has become food and drink for us, leading us to that eternal harvest. We're invited this week to reflect on the words that we have heard on Ash Wednesday. Remember that you are dust, and until dust you shall return. And then ask ourselves, how can I be 
that grain of wheat that dies to itself? What are the weeds in the garden of my soul that I need to pull to fully blossom? How can I invest myself more fully into what really matters in life? How can I love God and his people more intensely, particularly the ones that are difficult to love? How can I grow to love myself less as a step toward eternal life with God? What are the ways that I can grow closer to the Lord as I make my pilgrimage to Holy Week? This is why it's good to think about dying every so often. In fact, it can be very good if it helps us to reorient our focus on where it should truly be the hope of Easter Sunday.